so I think that's the, that was the first thing. This wasn't adversarial at all. It was it was trying to um, how can we be additive to the entire system. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats, dogs, all of you. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here. Hello, welcome along. Yeah, quite a time for golf this. You're all sitting at home right now or in your car or at your work or in the gym. Imagine people listen to this in the gym. That would be kind of weird. But you're probably listening to this thinking, oh yeah, it's now November and golf's over and there's nothing to talk about. You are wrong. (laughs) There is stuff that we need to cover and we will on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's bring them in, ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner. Weighing whatever what? he weighs these hey, days. I'm not going in that. I'm not going in that corner. <laughs> change, corner. change. As long as you're talking about Alex here. Nope, it's you, uh, Bryce okay. Ritchie, Bunkered Editor. Hello and welcome. Good morning, afternoon. Whatever. It doesn't matter, isn't it? It's audio. Exactly. It could be any time of the day. It's always Sorry. five o'clock somewhere, is this? I'll say. just say hello. And who said that? No idea. Who, who did say that? It's in that country song. I don't imagine I can't remember Willie Nelson name. was the first person no, that said him. it. No, it wasn't him. He's got a bar in Vegas. Can't remember the name. Look, we've deviated already. Look at that. How are you doing? Are you well? I'm fine. I'm fine. What's the latest? You have a Bryce's backup day. Oh, and so for the first time in a long shit. time, it's a big one, ladies Abs- and gents. Absolutely phenomenal uh, introduction. If Alex would only do his little jingle in the background at the same time as I start talking, it would be really <laughs> awesome. But Bryce's backup Bryce day. Bryce's back. Thank you. Back. Got a phone call from the doctor the other day and I have bulging discs. So... There you go. What, yeah. So what does that actually mean? So it's my L3, L4, L5, L6, whatever they are. Uh-huh. I don't really know. I actually wrote it down. Uh, hold on a minute. and Just just bear with me two seconds. Uh, no, that's a, in my notes. That's a chicken balti. <laughs> For goodness uh, sake. That's a balti. I keep recipes in my phone all the time. Uh, L4, L5, L6 have bulging discs into the nerve root. They could and should go down my leg, but importantly, they don't go down my leg. Ouch. They just stay in my hips. And I have wear and tear in my lumbar spine. So I've gone from thinking I was just not having strong legs, but I actually have a proper problem, which is both exciting and and kind of depressing at the same time. So it has now finally been diagnosed after all these weeks and months and frankly years. years. So what now? What's the the fix? I go and see a, a spinal... Spinal specialist or something. A like that. spinal specialist. Something like a that. A spinal tapper. Yes. <laughs> oh, hey! We'll bring that lone sneaky voice in in a second <laughs> for more of that great banter. Now we've started. Right. Yeah, great banter. Uh, so that's it. I go and see somebody, and then there's discu- discussion about surgery. But I, I, I don't think I'll surgery. Be, yeah, I don't think I'll be doing surgery. I don't really need it because I can manage my pain. You sound like the Tiger Woods of bunkers. I wish I was the type of supporter. <laughs> Lunchtime and dinner time would be rather different. Anyhow, <laughs> let's bring in that cheeky chappy from England, Mr. Alex Perry. Hello, how are you? Hiya. Slipper season, isn't it? Slipper season? <laughs> yes. What? Um, well, all the way through the summer. It's like, you know you know how you do that thing where you're like, I'm not going to turn the heating on. I don't know what it's like up there, but down here, it's like, I'm not turning the heating on between March and October, especially with, you know, the price of electricity and gas these days. I'm the same with slippers. I'm like, right, I'm not wearing, I'm not wearing slippers between March and, like, that's, that's weird and 
proper old man stuff. But you get to November, it's chilly, my feet are cold, my slippers are going on. Slipper season. Do you wear a dress, uh, dressing gown? I do not. I'm really more of a shorts and t-shirts kind of guy. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Shorts, t-shirts and slippers. That's yeah, if you, if you go wife, into my house. Your wife is very, very lucky. If you came into my house on a Sunday morning at breakfast time, you would see me with a big cup of tea and a master's mug with my slippers on yeah. and a pair of old, like, raggedy shorts. See, that a, whole... Like, what an t-shirt Yeah, something. that whole people get into athletic clothes when they go home at night, I think that's kind of weird. I don't do that. And I noticed that... Do you sit uh, on your sofa in jeans? Do you yeah, go home yeah, in the clothes yeah. that you've been wearing all day and then sit on your sofa? Yes. Yeah, you, I bet you put the big light on as well, don't you? No, I don't you put the big, I, no. I'm married to an interior designer. Of course we don't put the big <laughs> light on, for goodness sake. <laughs> we have huge lights on tables. They're enormous. In the east wing. In the east wing, yeah. The west wing's somewhat different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're mainly fitted into the eaves. <laughs> do you, so do you wear a... This, this is addressed to Michael. Do you wear a dressing gown? I don't even own a dressing gown, far less wear one. See, we've had this conversation before. Like, Will, our sales manager, he he calls it a house coat. Oh, it's not a house coat. (laughs) Don't try and make it sound better than it is. It's a woolen piece of mess just designed to cover your bits so you can walk around. And it never gets washed, so it stinks. stinks I don't have a dressing gown, but I, I also can't find a dressing gown that's big enough for me. House coat, I love that. House coat. I was too short in the sleeves. I always think, you know, dressing gowns look good. Like when you watch the Polar Express, and we'll soon be getting back into that season very soon. But you watch the Polar Express and like the kid's running out into the snow. He's got his jammies on, got his slippers, and he's got the dressing gown on. You just think, that looks cosy. But the reality is, it's as to Alex's point, it's a, a sweaty, stinky mess. Yeah, I just cut about the house, to be honest, wearing what I'm wearing. I just, I just cut about my house. <laughs> Sometimes I wear nothing. So, Tigers TGL. (laughs) Well, before we get to TGL, I need to point something out. A lot of you have been getting in touch with Bryce, Alex, myself, asking, how can I watch the Bunker Podcast live? Presented by Eden Mill. Well, two things. One, you should have been there. You could have been there. A guy from Dorset showed up. That's right. A guy from Dorset was there. So, yeah, you could have been there. You should have been there. That's how you get to watch it. The other way is to go onto the Bunker YouTube channel and watch the highlights. We've condensed it down under some duress from legal, from the full show to just an hour of the best bit. Because if you didn't pay for it, you're not getting the whole thing. Oh, why should you? Exactly. So you can now watch for free some of the best bits. There have been some bits and pieces we've left out, and that is at our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash bunkered. So if you want to see what we look like, what it looked like on the stage, etc., go there. I'm the good looking one. Certainly the oldest. The TGL. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy's new golf league. Oh! I've just got what the GL stands for. The golf league. Is that what it is? I've TGL done, is the I've, golf league. Wait, I can't believe we're doing a podcast on the TGL and we don't know what TGL stands for. I, I tell you what, Alex, Alex will know. Alex, Alex knows everything. What does TGL mean? Oh, God. See? I <laughs> I thought it. I I I have been going back and forth for this. Is because they Tiger and Rory have called their company tomorrow or TMRW Sports tomorrow. I think it's supposed to be tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. See this whole thing of leaving out the vowels. That's that's ancient. Yeah. Now let's stop doing that. Don't make hats of them either. Well, I think it's isn't it because it's TMRW is their initials basically, isn't it? T W and R and M, and then they've sort of rearranged them to make it tomorrow. But I thought it was <laughs> tomorrow golf league. 
I think an it, anagram of their initials. Well, to according make a name. to another story, it's Tech Infused Golf League. So TGL. I think it's. Would that not be TIGL? Tech Golf League. Tech Infused would be hyphenated. Yeah. So you'd be, that you could have you it can't as just TGL. Can yeah. So anyway, TGL. So we don't, like, we don't know. We've no idea what it means. It could be Tigers Golf League. It could be the Golf League. It could be Tech Golf League. It might not even be Golf League. We've just kind of jumped to the conclusion. But anyway, let's just call it TGL because that's what everyone else is calling it. A lot more detail has come out about what this thing is over the last few weeks. And we thought it would be worthwhile spending most of this first half of this week's episode just basically <laughs> not doing knowing anything about it. <laughs> yeah, to basically go, well, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> but to try our best to explain the bits that we do understand, to speculate and basically do what the Bunkered Podcast does. So TGL, Alex, what is it? <laughs> here's a bus i'm throwing you under it <laughs> yes um, look to be honest with you I, I i'm the same as you guys i sort of knew bits and pieces that were coming out but I, i've never actually until this morning where i spent a good hour going through it i'd never actually spent any time actually working out what it is in terms of you know on a on a macro level so look it's going to I'm going to start with venue. It's going to be in the SoFi Center in Palm Beach, which is rather handily about ten miles from Jupiter, which is of course where Strange they that. There will be that's, a, uh, that's an easy, easy, easy commute. Easy commute. <laughs> we'll we'll come to that later with a, a certain member or non-member of TGO. It will consist of six teams of four players. So at the moment we have TGO. Like they're doing it like how Live Golf do their events, like Live London and stuff like that. So they're doing oh, first TGL. comparison's gone well. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Golfers being split into teams playing in a glorified exhibition? That sounds mm -hmm. familiar. Mm -hmm. Exactly. TGL Atlanta, which is owned by the same people that own all the Atlanta sports teams and the PGA Tour superstores. We've got TGL Boston, which is led by John Henry and Fenway Sports, who we obviously know are behind Liverpool Football Club and Boston Red Sox. We've got Los Angeles. This one's a bit strange. It's, it's just Los Angeles Golf Club. It's not TGL LA, which you would think it would be. But that's led by, well, Serena Williams and Venus Williams are involved in that, among others. Then we've got TGL New York, which is led by the owner of the New York Mets, among others. And then we've got TGL San Francisco, which is led by Steph Curry, the basketball megastar among others. We don't have a six team yet. I think we're going to find Ooh. out probably in the in the next couple I of weeks. I wonder who that will be. I wonder. So let's TGL talk Canada. Eh? TGL <laughs> Jupiter, I imagine. Well, Adam Hadwin's team. <laughs> imagine That's that. It's, just, it's Adam Hadwin, Avril Lavigne and Jim Carrey. <laughs> With the soundtrack by Brian Adams. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think it says everything about me that I for Canadian pop star, I went to Avril Lavigne instead of Brian Adams. Very so yeah. More Nickelback. Nickelback. Absolutely. There you go. Um, so each team will play five matches in a regular season, which will last 15 weeks, with the top four going into semifinals and the winner of those going into a best of three final. Each night, there will be a match between two teams going head to head. Each of those teams will pick three of the four members. So basically, one person gets to sit out each game, which I think is quite interesting. So three of the four will play on any given night. And the matches will be played over 15 holes, including overtime if needed. Now, in terms of what they actually do, so they will be hitting into a screen. So it's simulator golf. Off real grass though, isn't it? Off real grass, off real sand, off real rough. 
And then when they get within X amount of yards, I think they said 50, might have been 75, then they turn around and then they play on the tech-infused green, which is built into the SoFi Centre. What's so, that? Hold on a minute. What's that tech-infused green? So it's a green that's packed with technology. <laughs> <laughs> It's got pixels in it, but is is that is that a real grass green as well, or is it like one of these is, Zen putting greens that, that it moves and so on? That's why I'm not sure because obviously if you're hitting into a synthetic green, it's going to react very differently to a grass green. So I'm, I'm interested to find out mm. what that deal was all about. I'm not sure I didn't get that far in my uh, research, but the format is going to be they're calling it modern day match play. Now I'll tell you what that is. Session it's two sessions. Session one is nine holes of triples. So each of the three players on each team will play alternate shot and you get one point for winning the hole. Okay, that's sort of the first hour, hour and a half. And then, so the whole idea of this is that each match lasts two hours. And then session two, half an hour, 45 minutes or so, is six holes of single. So each member of team will play two holes each. Again, one point for winning the hole. If any match is all square through 15, I'm going to say all square rather than tied because that's definitely what they're going to say. It then goes into overtime. Overtime is a simple, all six players involved in the match hit into that green and it's closest to the pin. In terms of scoring, a team win will earn two points. A team defeat will earn zero points, of course. But a team, and this is vital, a team defeat in overtime will earn that team one point. I've told you everything I know, so please don't ask any questions. Bryce, did you understand all that? Yeah, I just... I feel... Go on. Why? This is my thing about TGL. I am not, I don't want to make an opinion of it until I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel as though I will, it's got sort of hero challenge vibes where I watched it and I thought it was all right. But once I'd watched one, I wasn't really that bothered to go and watch another. The difference is this isn't sort of C-list celebs. This is big, big stars. So it might be quite good fun to watch Rory and Tiger doing something out of their comfort zone and, and in a different environment. I am all for that. I just think, why? What What is their motivation for doing it? Is it something different? Is it to make money? Is it for the future of the game? Like we all, we all know why Live started. Well, we know now why Live started. But there was all sorts of things about your know, players wanting, like was it what Paul Casey said he wanted more time to spend with his family. He played more golf on Live than he did in the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he travelled. Sorry, he travelled to more countries with Live than he did on his PGA Tour schedule. So that's been proven to be untrue. What's the real reason behind TGL? They just and if they want to try something new to a new audience, but will a non-golf audience suddenly tune in, and watch this, and think that is awesome? So That's I've got thing. I've got a few questions about it. The why is definitely my my first question. Like, for what reason? Why are you doing this, Tiger? Why are you doing this, Rory? Other question is, if it is made for TV, unless I've missed it, I've not seen any details about where it's going to be shown. Yeah. I know it's a Monday night, seemingly prime time in the US production. Tuesday night, I think. Tuesday is it? While you carry on talking, let me double check that. See, I figured it was Monday because I the idea is the players can then go from straight from there and and if it's on a Monday night, it's wiping out all of Europe from watching that. Are they not? Is it not too well, late? Like, too late? Well, 
Where? Where are they well, showing it? That's my, 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 my question is, where are they showing it? Surely it's not beyond the wit of like Sky Sports to show it, uh, I guess, like the following day. So you're not going to be able to watch it live necessarily in Europe, but there'll this be ways of thing. seeing it, but there's just not enough detail about, right, you're doing it. I don't know why you're doing but that's fine, you're doing it. Where where can I watch it? And And if it's on a Monday night, that is travelling day for tour players mm -hmm. at events. That is the days that they travel. So if they're, if all the dates are set, and I, is there a full-on schedule about when each... So I've not looked at Again, the schedule. I don't think that's out yet. And, right, okay, so I've not looked right, at that. So let, let me just cut in there. So the first two uh, nights of this have been announced, and it's going to be Tuesday the 9th and Tuesday the 16th. Of January. Of January. So, so that's it, interesting, because Rory's committed to play in the Dubai Invitational, which takes place that same week. Yeah. So how's he going to play in TGL on Tuesday night and then peg it up on Thursday? So Dubai? is it a Tuesday night? That first one is, Alex yeah. is saying, yeah. Yes. Really? Tuesday the 9th of January. So there's no way that Rory can play in that in Dubai in particular. So is that why it's like one, you'll sit out one, is he going to sit out one of, because there's only three of the four in the team play. So yeah. will Rory so maybe he sits that out that first week, yeah. Maybe. Is that also, you it's strange you to miss that, out the first week of your new project, though. Yeah, of your own project as well. I mm. think that, I think you have to have Rory or Tiger playing in that first one, don't you? Mm -hmm. They'd be absolutely batshit not to. But, I mean, look, it's being picked up by the likes of ESPN, ABC. Which so the they're company. all showing it? Okay, interesting. Yeah. So it's on ESPN. So it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Sky Sports or someone like that will pick it up. Is there prize money for it? Well, that's what I was thinking. So I, I think what's probably happened is that, look, I wonder, you're asking why. I wonder if Tiger and Rory are looking at this as sort of a, what do we do after golf kind of mm -hmm. thing? Like we want something to keep us, like Tiger's got so many projects that he's got his hands in and Rory's the same. And, and this is probably something, I mean, when they first spoke about this, I remember Rory, he, he was almost like a kid, wasn't he? He was like, Tiger Woods is the biggest name in golf. He's like my ultimate hero. And now I get to work with him. He was almost a bit like a, a child in that sense, almost like a childlike wonder. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I, I think that they're looking at something that they can potentially just build their reputation in, in the new, in the technology sphere, basically. And I, look, I don't know if there's prize money. I presume all of these players that are getting involved, because it is obviously linked to the PGA Tour as well. So I wonder if they're just saying to these players, right, you'll get X amount of money for playing in this thing. And that's how they're dealing it rather than doing it with, with prize money. Because Tiger and Rory are going to make a shitload of money out of this through the, the Tomorrow Sports Company, through TV deals and things like that. So well, it's, it's their own production, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I, I get that side of it. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it actually goes and what it looks like. Mm, same. I will not lie. There's part of me right now that is getting really heavy big break vibes. <laughs> bullseye. You know what? Or bullseye. I but tell you what. People big break loved was it. good. It was brilliant. Big it break brought, was. It brought people to snooker. It yeah. made household yeah. names of established snooker stars. It made them. It gave them a bit more crossover. What appeal. was the big break song? It's only a game, so you better believe I'm right. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be, be snookering you tonight. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Uh, please that, let there be something need, cheesy. There's got, a, there's got to be a there's got to be a song in there. It'll be some dreadful hip hop song or something like that to get down with the kids. It'll be yeah, something terrible. But if like it that. if it does, to your expression, get down with the kids and bring a new audience to the game, then I suppose people will call that an unmitigated success. So maybe that's the the official why is to get in front of a new younger demographic and to introduce mm -hmm. them through golf through non traditional means. 
We know the sport is big on that right now. Martin Slumbers, the chief executive of the RNA, is big on non-traditional ways of getting people into golf. Look mm-hmm. at golf it. So there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's an interesting idea. As to your point earlier, Bryce, I can't have an opinion on whether it's good or bad because I've not seen it yet. The execution of this idea will be absolutely everything. I think it this thing lives or dies on the players because one vital aspect that we haven't touched upon yet is that each of these players is going to be mic'd up. Now, we know that from previous experience, when we've seen players mic'd up, it's a fucking cringe fest. <laughs> like, it's just so hard to get through because you're just like, is that... Like, if this is the banter that you have in the locker room, then I don't ever want to go in a locker room. This is just so horrible. So yeah. those, those players are under a lot of pressure each night to be entertainers as that well as golf. Such, such a good point. Such a good point. And, and also, when you make players up, people just lose their minds, whether it's right or wrong. Remember when they mic'd up Rory first round of the Masters? You, you think... Everyone in the world thought, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why are you putting yourself under that pressure? Why are you doing this? But he was one of the first. He was the first to do that. You think? In a major, yeah. Yeah, that's like fair play to Rory trying something different. But it's fucking wild to do it <laughs> the Masters. Genuinely, it's wild. <laughs> but now it, it's a really good point because... It's a very, very different environment. We're now expecting a bit of banter. Yeah. And there has been times where you've looked at that banter. It's not really been that great. There was, you know, remember the remember the, the pandemic round of golf with Rory and, Matthew and some of you, it yeah. some of it wasn't great. Some of it was okay, but it's hard to do. But this will be a completely different format. And I'm wondering if they're deliberately having a bit of needle and will it be taken that seriously? Will they be talking over other teams? And my, my thing about this is, what's the vibe? Are they taking it seriously or is it a bit of big break? Is it a bit of fun? And, and I think the, it needs to be the latter. They it have to be the latter. Yeah, they have to be getting paid. There is no way they're doing this with not getting paid. I mean, Colin Morikawa said it's better than the Ryder Cup, so it's bound to be <laughs> Now, on that point, Colin Morikawa received quite a bit of stick last week for the, the video where he was signed to, I can't remember what team he was. Los Angeles Golf Club. Los Angeles, Angeles, and yeah. the logo and everything is really cool. So the, the video came out of him getting the call to say, congratulations, you're now playing for Los Angeles Golf Club. And he did say, you know, I've, I've, I've got chills. I've, I've got actual chills. Look at my arms. Goosebumps. <laughs> and he made the point then of saying, yeah, this, is, this is like when I got that call earlier this year to say I was on the Ryder Cup team. And we all went, hold on. Stop yeah, talking he said, crap. He said, he said almost better than that. Almost better. Now, is there a chance that Colin Morikawa was just taking the piss out of what Taylor Gooch said when he compared Live to the Ryder Cup? Yeah. It's very niche. But this is exactly what this is exactly what I was talking about a couple of minutes ago because you've taken someone like Colin Morikawa who's not a comedian as far as I know and he's not an actor so they've they I my opinion is someone has said to him you know you know some social media skiv has said right you need to say something about this being better than the Ryder Cup let's let's make it lighthearted let's make it fun but then you've asked Colin Morikawa who's got basically zero personality to do it. So that's where the confusion has come in. So loads of, like I watched that video and went, he might be being serious. And then you sort of watch it a couple of times. And you think, no, there's no way he means that. In like, the, 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 you you can't possibly mean that. But like, that, no delivery, that delivery, but the delivery is, is, is so difficult. dry and so yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, that's how I, I'm viewing it anyway. I quite like some of the team names we've seen so far. They've not all ro- rolled them out yet, but Boston Common, I quite yeah, like. Cool. Uh, Atlanta yeah. Drive, I'm okay with. So Justin Thomas, the first signing for Atlanta Drive. Rory, Boston Common alongside Adam Scott, Tyrrell Hatton and Keegan Bradley. Obviously playing on the, the Irish element there, I think, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Boston, Ireland, Rory being Irish. I, I I don't mind it. I think it's quite a cool idea. I would much sooner wear branded merch for Boston Common than the Niblicks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't resist, could you? Just, I'm going to throw in a wee dig here. It's true. Some though. of the, true. I don't know, some of the, I've not seen, I don't remember the Niblicks stuff, but some of the live, the branding is quite smart. It is now. It took a while to mature. I love the range goats. I think it's fun. I think it's bright and it's totally Bubba Watson. But then mm-hmm. I see the iron heads and I'm just going, nah. Maybe that's the point. But yeah. I, I guess my main point is that I quite, I, I, I prefer the names in TGL so far than I do to the names. Everyone took the piss. When the names come out of love, everyone took the piss. I've not seen a lot of people taking the piss yeah. out of TGL. But also I think... TGL's not been as noisy, and I don't think people are, hence we're doing this podcast, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that really understand. I had someone at the weekend ask me about it, and I was like, I'm not really that will feel on it. What did you say? Ask Alex. Yeah, so I'll I'll find (laughs) out. We're doing something on Monday, I'll ask. But it's like, it's not not as noisy. No, no, it's not. It's not as belligerent. It's not as controversial because it's not trying to replace anything, which is the other key part. It's not taking itself as seriously as well. So I, I think it's fair to say that TGL is not taking itself as seriously as Live. So when Live Golf come out with those silly team names and the logos, it's easier to to take the piss, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The, the player roster for 2024 is, as you'd expect, when Tiger and Rory put their name to something, they've called, they've called in some favours from some mates, some pretty high-profile mates. Justin Thomas, as we mentioned, Colin Morikawa, as we mentioned, but then you've got Ricky Fowler, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Xander Schofele, Max Homa, Tom Kim, Billy Horschel, Tommy Fleetwood. Then others, including Sahith Gala, Cam Young, Minwoo Lee, Patrick Cantley, Kevin Kisner, Lucas Glover, and Wyndham Clark. Pretty strong. Some people missing. Yeah, there's two names there, but obviously no one of them's pulled out. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm pretty sure he's not involved in it. Who's that? Tony Finau. Tony Finau, yes, conspicuous by his absence. He's not involved, and I think Tony Finau is, he's a big star. He's a very, very likeable guy. Great personality. When you think modern, modern golfer, fashionable modern golfer, full of class, you think Tony Finau ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Why does he not want to be involved in it? Very good question. Was he even asked? Well, I guess that'll be the one of the first questions for him next time he goes in front of the in front of the press. There's a few other names for me that are, you know, noticeable by their absence. Jason Day would be one of them. He's injured. <laughs> Brian Harmon, reigning open champ. Don't know, maybe Monday or Tuesday night clashes with Bow Hunting Club, I guess. Would be my, my <laughs> why, why, why are neither of you saying Victor Hovland? Victor Hovland's not there. The world number one, Scotty Scheffler, is not there. Is there a Bow Hunting Club? If there is, Brian Harmon's definitely part of it. Yeah. Tuesdays are crossbow nights. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we're going to get into this more when, when we start talking about the aforementioned pullout. Yes. But Scheffler lives in Dallas and Texas. Hovland lives in Oklahoma, I believe. 
So it's those are for you know we're, we're saying this thing is Salt Lake City, isn't it? It's exactly it's ten miles from Jupiter, which is uh, look. I don't know where all of these guys live, but I would I would wager that ninety percent of them live in or around Palm Beach. Yeah, no one's jumping in a private jet to, to fly. Doesn't Tommy part, Tommy Fina lives in Dubai? Tommy he? Fleetwood, yeah. <laughs> Tommy Fina. Tommy Fina, sorry. Tommy Fleetwood lives in Dubai. What a player he is, by the way. <laughs> I'm just imagining Tony that player. Tony Fleetwood. Tommy Tony Fleetwood. Tony with hair. My what? <laughs> I need to Photoshop that later That's on amazing. just to satisfy my curiosity. Uh. But yeah, I think that Tommy Fleetwood also has a place in Florida, I'm sure, as well. So all all those names, I think, have proximity to Florida, which yeah. you're quite right. Others don't. Is it just a geography thing, though, or is it not? Because then it begs the question... Are they not taking part because they're joining Live? And that's the noise around John Ram, who was in TGL, signed on the dotted line, evidently, was all set to be unveiled as part of the great team unveilings. And then last week, quite abruptly pulled out, decided, no, I can't commit to this. And that was the word he used, you know, commit. So is it simply a case of logistics, geography, he's obviously got a young family, John Ram, probably would rather be spending his Monday, Tuesday nights at home with them, or is there other stuff at play? I think it's entirely plausible that a man with a, a young family, I think, is is their second child only maybe one, like only a few months old maybe, mm-hmm. it's, it's not he doesn't want another six or seven, eight hour round trip added to his schedule, I think that's entirely like, if you guys said to me like, you know I want you to work for Bunkered, yep, but you have to come up and spend three days a week in Glasgow. I'd be saying to you, well, that's an eight-hour round trip for me, and it's three days away from my kids. So, you know, Do you want the job or not? Shoot <laughs> 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 the session. It works. It reminds me of our first conversation when you went, you don't, like the second thing you said to me was, you don't have to move to Glasgow. Um, I think it's entirely plausible and acceptable that he doesn't want to add that extra traveling and time away from his family to his schedule. I also think it's entirely plausible that a man who is quite well known to be a student of the history of the game, whose only real goal is to leave his legacy on golf, doesn't want to play in, as we called it before, a simulator hit and giggle. Yeah, I'm, you're not I'm, convinced, are you? No, no, no not at all. I, I am just very, I'm very cautious about throwing out the word legacy with tour players these days because we've seen it come and go. With Bryson, yeah, I've said it before about Liv. I thought Bryson was like, let's go back to where Bryson was three years ago. Bryson was on the precipice of something truly remarkable. The guy sure. made guys like Rory McIlroy turn around and stop what they were doing change their diet, their routine, their workouts. He was getting major tournaments, major organisations to shit themselves about their future, their golf courses, look what Augusta did. He was terrifying people. And then the guy basically went, yeah, I don't want to really do that. I'm going to try this over here and just turned his back on it. You would never have predicted that. So I'm very cautious about saying something about John Ram that his legacy is important to do his legacy. I don't know if that's the case. The Bryson I, example is a really good one, actually, because the guy wore a flat cap in, in tribute to 
I believe Payne Stewart mainly, but also Ben Hogan. Yeah. Such a student of and the they, past yeah. and loved loved That's what those a very guys good did. Point. And then all of a sudden loved it till he didn't. Yeah. Things like look what he did at Bay Hill and all those things. Mm-hmm. And and then you take somebody like Bernd Wiesberger, who is not in that space, hasn't got that history or those big wins or that made that mark on the media. And he just he said goodbye to major championship golf. Bernd Wiesberger never he'll never play in it again. Uh, as the way it is now, never again. You think that's I'm as as stunned by Bryson as Bernd Wiesberger. But what you've got to remember is, and this is important, just because I think that does not mean that that's how those players' brains work. Mm-hmm. What tour players want is not what we think they want. Some of them are quite happy to just try something different. And so motivations got, vary. It's not yeah. like there is one single motivation for yeah. everyone who gets a card. I have absolutely no idea why John Ram has turned his back on that. It could be family. Yeah. It could be that, you know what, I can't be bothered going on a Monday night. Can't <laughs> be bothered going on a Tuesday. But God, surely he knew Liv, all this Liv when got, he signed up that, for it. Yeah, that, so there's the commitment. There's a, maybe there's a thing, well, uh, there's 15 events and so three out of four, you're expected to play in seven. That seven Tuesday nights he's going to have to look at. It means he's going to have to look at his schedule and say, well, I'm going to have to bin that event. I need to do that event. I've got Europe here. It's just maybe he's thought, you know what? Fucking yeah. I think John Ram's the one that for me is just a little bit surprising relative to, you know, we, we threw out some other examples, Harmon, Finau, Jason Day, etc. Scheffler. I mean, Scheffler. The best player in the world. Yeah. I mean, we used all those examples, the but the reason that John Ram's interesting to me is because, well, presumably he knew what he was signing up for. These guys... Whilst their motivations are different, they're also not stupid. And they've got people who look at, okay, so if I'm going to take part in this, I'm going to be required to do what, what, and what? What am I getting back for it? And at some point, that's been relayed to John Ram, whether he's been involved in the discussions throughout or has been given a summary by his agent, and he's gone, yeah, that's fine. And all of a sudden has gone, actually, no, it's not. Or he's been, Mm -hmm. and I'm just spitballing here, but or he's been given a summary by somebody else, namely Phil Mickelson. Now, he's reasonably close to Phil Mickelson and John Ram was the one that didn't want to get involved in a tit for tat with Liv. He was very mature in how he handled it and he didn't slate it. Phil Mickelson is the one in the background who has pointed out, supposedly, allegedly we should say this, that the PGA Tour are basically stealing money from players and they're withholding cash and they're just keeping money in the bank and it's the players doing all the work and they're not getting rewarded for it. Maybe Mickelson has gone to SRAM and said, you should be getting this amount for that. Mm-hmm. They are now, it's another example of them abusing your image rights and so on. Maybe it's that, maybe it's not. Maybe he also maybe wants to be his own man. Yeah. I mean, why should he use himself to prop up Tiger believe, and Rory? Believe me, the bigger story, the bigger story is why the world number one is not involved. If Tiger and Rory, there's not a chance they've not gone to Scott Shefflin and said, would you do this? But he doesn't want to do it. He's not involved. Now, he might be down the line. Mm-hmm. We're not finished yet. I mean, not it's, just, it's, it's, no. it's just kicking off. It's just I guess, another I guess, Alex, the point there is potentially it is just geography. You know, it's, it's a matter yeah. of convenience and where you live. It could also be that Scotty Scheffler could be going, sorry, what? I'm going to be mic'd up. I can't think of anything worse. No, thanks. See you later. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than having to do two hours of banter while I hit shots. Like, this just not his personality, is it? Yeah. We will see. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely it's definitely going to be absolutely compelling when we get the chance to watch it. I have to say, the artist renderings, which is all we've got to go on so far, 
make it look really, really the, cool. Yeah. The one thing, the one thing they have over Liv is the fact that it's on TV. It's the first thing we mm -hmm. said about Liv. The, the, the problem with Liv is that you can dislike shotgun starts, you can dislike 54 holes, but they have some big stars playing in Liv. There are some huge names in the world of golf involved in Liv, mm -hmm. but they're not on TV. Yeah. It's not broadcast. And when you are not broadcast, you you do struggle to get that credibility. This is going to be on TV. Indeed it is. So coming in January, stay tuned for more updates because I'm sure this isn't the last that we've spoken about it. Before we go to the break, Mr. Perry, the new resident quiz master of the, of the, <laughs> the trifecta or whatever we are these days, three ball. Let's, let's keep it golf. I, I gather you've got some trivia based thing for us. I have put a quiz together. Brilliant. At your request. Bring it on. I, I need to redeem myself after a podcast live, which, as I say, you can watch what happened on, on YouTube. But you really I do. was I was let down, frankly, by the the audience member who who was meant to be my teammate. Worse than whose the name you've apparently forgotten. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was called Fraser. I was going to say Fraser, so he must be like. Andy Alan. 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 It was a boring name. It's a forgettable name. Yeah. So you Apologies to it. everyone who's listening who's called Alan. How many professional golfers are called Alan? Like who's a big professional golfer called Alan? Alan Finau. <laughs> kind of right. proves my point, doesn't it? You're called Alan, you're set up for mediocrity, and that's what is our the, Alan produced. Is the head of the PGA in Scotland at the moment not called Alan? <laughs> Captain? No idea. From Lanark? Mm, Alan White? Yeah, yeah, you might I be think, right. yeah. The highest ranked Alan in the world right now is the world number 677, Alan Wagner of Argentina. There you that go. That is phenomenal. Alan Wagner. So, Alan's, if you're Alan, you're never going to be a good golfer. Nah, not hope. There's actually only two Alans ranked. So, there's Alan de, de Bont, a Belgian, who is 1,297. And then after that, it's Alan. Gustin, because I've just searched Alan on the OWGR website, and then it goes to Gustav Salander, Tristan Gallant. There's actually only two Alans ranked in the world of golf. You've got there Alex you go. Norton, Alex Fitzpatrick, Sandy Lyle. Bah, I'm not giving you that. Absolutely. You, you've got Bryce. You've got Bryce Mulder. Bryce Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a Michael. Michael Thompson. Michael Weir. Mike Lorenzo Vera. Actually, I could think Mike, of more Michaels than I realised. But that wasn't the quiz, was it, Alex? No, that's not the quiz. The, yeah, the quiz was, think of how many Allens do you know? Amazing. <laughs> right. <clears throat> As we're nearing the end of the DP World Tour season, uh -oh. I've, dis I've prepared this little quiz for you. I'm going to ask you each in turn to name a European Tour Order of Merit winner since the turn of the century. So oh, my God. There are 15 players to get. In turn. Yeah, so a lot. So we'll toss a coin for who goes first, and then you'll you'll take it in turns to name a player. If you're playing at home, perhaps pause the podcast now. Write down your 15 names, and then rejoin us and play along. Right, I am going to give you three lives each. Okay. A wrong an a wrong answer loses a life. Three wrong answers means you're out of the game. If you go out of the game, the other player continues until he either gets all the answers or loses all his lives. The game ends when all correct answer is fine. Alex, this is more complicated than TGL. This is more <laughs> I've even written that joke in my notes. This is more complicated than TGL. <laughs> right, right, so... Who's going to go first? So I've got I'll go little, first. Uh, I usually defer, but for once, I'm going to be selfish. I'll go right, first. Go on, then. Go on, then. Colin Montgomery. Colin Montgomery, 2005. Rory McIlroy. 
2015, 2022. That is really annoying that he's got so many. Justin Rose. Shit. Justin Rose, 2007. Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood, 2000, 2009, 2020. Did you say since the turn of the century? Yeah, so 2000 onwards. Ernie Els. Ernie Els, 2003 and 2004. Absolute bastard. <laughs> That's a good one. You know what? Retief Goosen. Oh, great answer. Two thousand one and two thousand. Well played. In your face, Michael George well McEwen. Okay. Luke Donald. Luke Donald, two thousand and eleven. That's phenomenal. I am impressed. How many more do we still have to get, Alex? It feels there like it can only be two. two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, oh, well, Ouch. not even half, not even halfway there, lads. That's oh. a bit strange. Assuming we're not counting the illegal. Tiger Woods. <laughs> no, Tiger Woods was never a member of the European Tour, so he was never an official yes, order of merit. No, that's winner. why I said illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my next one, so okay, anytime you're ready. Quizmaster. Uh, Henrik Stenson. Great shout, that. A lovely answer. 2013 and 2016. Thank you. John Ram. John Ram, 2019. I've even mixed up how I'm pronouncing the years. Go on, Bryce. Six to go. How long do we get? I should put the countdown music on, shouldn't I? I actually don't think this is a wee bit out there. Sergio Garcia, I don't think he did. I'm running Incorrect. out of names. Yeah. Oh, one, really? One life lost. Yeah. Bryce. So, wow. So no Sergio. I am going to go for... Oh, no. No, I'm not. That, that's absolute insanity, Michael. This is to take a two-point lead. Oh, Michael, come on. Think. think. Oh, here we go. I think I'm done. Darren Clark. Incorrect. <sighs> Life lost. I'll tell you what, t- what. What about Francesco Molinari? Ooh. Francesco Molinari, 2018. Yes! <laughs> oh, well played. Thank you. Well played indeed. Oh, okay. That ties the scores at five each. Would you like me to give you the years of the remaining ones? Actually, would that... yeah, would you? Right. 2006, 2008, yep. 2010, I've got 2000, 2017, and 2021. Yeah, see, it's funny. You just said 2021, and there was a guy that I paused on and went, no, that cannot possibly be right. But I now think I've got to play the card. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa, 2020. Yes! It's a good one. Come on! It's a good one. So 6, 7, 8, 10, and 17 to go. Is it Louis Eustazen? Incorrect. Shite. Another life lost. Bryce, you have one life remaining. Oh, I hate myself. I absolutely hate myself for this, but I have a hunch. Angel Cabrera. Incorrect. Two lives lost. You both have one life remaining. This is tense. I am tense. Two of the remaining four are major champions. Two of them are not. I'm torn between two players. One of them's a major champion and one of them's not. Can I get a clue? 
Oh, who's, who's, who's next? It's it, you. Yeah, me. Yes, he's a major champion. <laughs> yeah, that's your clue. I want another clue, though. <laughs> it rhymes with. <laughs> right, I'm just, I think I'm going to lose this because I, I'm going to tell you who I'm not going to pick. Yeah. I, I'm not going to pick VJ because I think VJ 2006 is too late I in think VJ's so career. 2006, what, what US Open that was, Oh, hold on. No, it's not Jeff Ogilvie. Is it Jeff? No, it's not Jeff Ogilvie. Was a non-major champion 2018? No. 2018 you've already got because it's Francesco Molinari. What's the other one? Is it 17? Six, eight, ten, and 17. Two of them are major champions. Two of them are fashion. Just say the name. They are all huge names in golf. Like when there's, There's no... With all due respect to Jeff Ogilvie, there's no Jeff Ogilvie's in this list. Although there is one that perhaps is a surprise. Oh, so they're not all huge names in golf. Make up your mind, Alex. Well, he's more of a he's a bigger name than Jeff Ogilvie. Let's put it that way, and he's not a major champion, as right. far as I'm concerned. I'm going Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood, 2017. Well yes! done. Well done. I'm genuinely he's still in the game. He has stayed in the game. Oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. That- yes, yes, yes. That is hey, impressive. Get off, get off your computer. Look. Careful now. Look at that. Well, careful. I was going to say, I'll let you see my history. I will not let you see my history. <laughs> so he's not a major champion, which means two of the remaining three are. And you know what? I think I know who it is. Six, eight, and ten. They're all Ryder Cup years as two well. Of them, two of them are major champions. One of them is not a major champion. See when I said I knew who it was? I lied. <laughs> Just trying to get inside my head. Faced you. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. No, he can't be. Or he could be. Sod it. Here we go. All or nothing. Paul Casey. Incorrect. Oh! You are out of the game. Bryce, you have one life remaining. It is currently six all. If you get one right, you have won the quiz. If you get it wrong, it's a draw, and this was all a waste of time. So 2006. I might as well look it up now, because, I mean, let's be honest. Hang on, I might do a tiebreaker. If he goes out, I might do a tiebreaker on the remaining. 2006. 2008, 2010. Those are the three left to get. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think I've just got one. Save it, because there might be a tiebreaker. Bryce gets this wrong, we will go to yeah, a tiebreak. We're, we're going to have to put some time pressure on him here, surely. I think I'm going to say 30 seconds and you've got to throw a name at me. 2006. Jason Day. Jason Day is incorrect. No. Right. Tiebreak time. What should we do? That So should I just say the first person to show our name? or I think we each get one more name and we've got 20 seconds to come up with it. Go on then. Time starts. Now. I've got it. I have got it. I have actually got it. Right. 20 seconds is up. So you're going to say one name each at me. I've not got a name. Yeah. I've got nothing. So basically, if my name's right, I win. Well, that would be seem to be the case. Yes, I don't have okay. a name. Here it is. Here it is. Martin Keimer. Martin Keimer, 2010. Yeah! Yes! Yes! Come on! Fuck 
fucking game. 2010. What did he win in 2010? USPGA. USPGA. And he was world yeah. number one. Yes. Yes. Bryce, are you sure you're not throwing out a name? Oh, it's too late. It's too late. It's over. Game. Game over. McEwen wins. 2006. Podrag Harrington. Of course it was. Podrag oh my Harrington. God. How did we not get Harrington? That's a shocker. That's the, that's the name I was staring at. Uh, so that means there's two, one non-major winner for eight. Who did 2008 non-major champion. Ryder Cupper. Ryder Cup vice captain. More recently. Thomas Bjorn. No, I would have said Ryder Cup captain. Oh, I've got it. Robert Carlson. Robert Carlson. That's now we can argue about yeah. whether or not Robert Carlson is a bigger name than Jeff Ogilvy. Wow. My heart rate has gone absolutely through the roof. Good and quiz. Very good quiz, Alex. Outstanding Good work. quiz. Let's not do it again. No. Let's instead <laughs> throw it to the break because we've rambled on and wasted enough time in part one. Do not go anywhere. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael Bryson, Alex here. I'm not kidding. My heart rate is still absolutely through the roof after that quiz. That was that was tense, Alex. That was tense. But a great quiz nonetheless. Look, a few things we, we want to talk about in this part, so no bullshit. Let's crack on. PGA Tour. The PGA Tour, very interesting move by them, Bryce. They are allowing their members to play in Live Golf's promotions event next month. So basically, this is qualifying school for Live Golf. PGA Tour has said if any of its members want to go and take part in that, then they won't face any san- sanctions even. Off you go. Good luck. All the very best. Your thoughts on that move? Because in the context of what's going on in the golf world, seems a bit strange. <coughs> yeah, but it's, I think it's because they don't see it as an unauthorised event. It's not technically a live event. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense to play nice when you're in the background working on a framework. And let's be honest, it doesn't make much sense for them to say, nope, not playing in that. When you're working in the background, when your major guys at the top are trying to thrash out a deal, why would you... Be you awkward? Know? Yeah. The funny thing sense. for me is that so it's okay to go and play in the promotions event and there's three places up for grabs. The top three get a full exemption into the Live Golf League if, next if, year. If they if want they, it. If they want it. Yeah. If they qualify, get one of the top three places and they get a Live card, presumably they're not allowed to play in Live events or alternatively they'll be banned from the PGA Tour. So the Tour is essentially saying, go and play in this, no worries at all. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Mr. Monaghan. I just got my card. Is it okay to go and play in Live Adelaide? Absolutely not. No, it's not. It seems yeah. a bit weird, that part. Yeah, but that is, that's the way things are right now. I think it's, if they didn't allow them to do it, I think it would cause a bigger storm because they are working in the background. They said, well, actually, you're not playing in that because they've already said that. But it's not actually a live event. Mm-hmm. It's the opportunity to play live golf. So, and I wonder if they're doing it to say, I wonder how many people are interested in that. Potentially, how many guys yeah. would go, let's, let's just gauge how many guys and who they are 
want to go and play that because if they've got guys that let's say pick a guy who's not in live but is maybe skirting around Lucas Glover yeah let's say he goes and plays in that he's clearly interested in live golf so the PG Tour now know that that guy is interested in live golf let's not pick him for President's Cup <laughs> So, so are they doing this to weed out who's loyal yeah. and who's not? It's a good way. It's like anti-spying. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think there's a bit of that in the background. But also that, like, it does go. Obviously, goes to show that, like, that there's a whole conversation at the framework and whether we're getting anywhere. But it doesn't look as though they're going to meet all those times. I just think they've decided let's not let's not kick a hornet's nest. Absolutely. Is it really any different to when European tour players go and try and make it on the PJ tour? Not really, no. I mean, I'm not well, saying that. I'm yeah, not saying. Yes, I'm not saying, yes and no. I think <clears throat> I'm not saying Liv is a step up from the PJ tour. Absolutely, before people start <laughs> writing to me with all kinds of hatred. Yeah, no, I think I think it's the same but different because no one has ever been banned for playing on the opposite tour. This is it's kind of an unprecedented set sure. of circumstances we're dealing with, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting about it is that there's prize money up for grabs at it. I think the winner's walking away with, what is it, one and a half million dollars. So the tour probably doesn't want to frustrate some of its members at a time that it's trying, or certainly Jay Monaghan will be trying to keep them on side and, and certainly in some cases get some back on side. Doesn't want to take away the opportunity to make some money. If they qualify, the sorry, <coughs> sorry, just on that, the purse is one point five million. The winner takes home two hundred thousand. Ah, right, okay. So if the um, even so, if if you yeah, win, yeah, of course, your point still stands. Is there three spots up for grabs? Is that right? Three, yeah. Do they just form their own team and call them the promotions team? <laughs> so, as best I understand it, the three Promotion players that, that get promoted to the Live Golf League or basically get a, a tour card. They then go into the free agency cloud along with lots of other players because the teams that are set this year are going to break up. The guys that were finishing, I think I'm right in saying it's 26 and above on Live Golf, with the exception yeah. of the bottom four, go into free agency so they can be drafted by any team. The The top players stay within their teams. Also, the captains stay within their teams, but there will be that element of trades and drafts and all that sort of shit. Those three that go up will go into that mixture. So let's say, hypothetically, a Lucas Glover-style player qualifies for live, takes the card, could very well be playing for the four aces next season, the way it's designed. So who have the four aces dropped? Nobody yet, officially. But I would need to look at the standings to see if any of their players are outside the top 26. If they are, then they can be thrown into this free agency setup. So it's, it stands to reason that a Peter Uline or a Pat Perez, for example, could be replaced in the four aces, well, 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 either well. through a trade or oh. through free agency. So give Pat a break. <laughs> yeah, Pat <laughs> Perez Pat? really needs a break, doesn't he? Why are you always picking on him? <laughs> Guy's trying his heart out there. I, I, I don't know. I think it's just his personality. Yeah, could be that. Alex, your thoughts on the promotions event? Because it's now just a month away, taking place in Abu Dhabi, which is quite interesting. What do you make of it? Are you excited by it? Are you completely nonplussed by it? Are you not interested in it? No, I'm intrigued by it. The same way I'm intrigued by TGL, the, the same way I was intrigued by Live when that started, or the World Golf Championships, or the President's Cup. I'm not old enough to remember the start of the Ryder Cup. But anything like this that comes into the game, for me, I'm always going to have some element of intrigue and want to find out what's going on. Now, that might mean 
like live golf where i watch it for a few weeks and i just think you know what this perhaps isn't for me and obviously there are loads of overriding factors in that but i am quite interested i think the 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 biggest interest here for me and and bryce touched on it there is who which pga tour players are going to go yeah like that is like that's what we're all tuning in for isn't it to find out who's going to be there but it just sort of feels like it's all a bit forced, doesn't it? Like Live Golf didn't want this. They know like this this all feels like a part of the whole OWGR row, like, oh, we need to have promotion and relegation to satisfy certain needs. And they didn't want that. They just wanted a closed shop of forty eight players and they could get rid of who they wanted and, and bring in who they wanted, but you know, by throwing money at them. Uh look, I I'm I'm interested, but I, I, I think it'll be one of those things I just watch and go, All right, yeah, cool, that's fun. It's and, and and on the PGA Tour thing, not only are we talking about the framework deal, they they can't take the moral high ground on this sort of thing anymore, which is which is another interesting factor for me. So there, there's lots sort of lots of elements here and layers sort of bubbling away in the background, which I, I find uh, nice little sort of subplots, really. Bryce, one name that you expect or hope to see in the promotions event from the PGA Tour. Just for the sheer disaster it would cause, like Tony Finau. Yeah, great. Yeah, just absolute chaos. Do we expect to see somebody as high profile as that? No, I, d- I don't think so. I, I think Alex is bang on. That this does look like it's in its attempt to get round Peter Dawson's. You have to do this in order to get world ranking points. For me, it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want world ranking points, you want to be treated like the rest of the tours and go along the. The roadmap for world ranking points, you have to behave like that. Yeah. At the end of the season, if you don't have these amount of guys come out every week, it's just, this looks like a really, really small attempt to try and get world ranking points at the back end. And to me, it's not enough and they will not be fooled by it. No, perhaps not. Surely if Tony Finau wants to go and play live golf, he'll just get signed up. Of course the same with John Rahm, the same with Victor Hovland, other names, you know, Jordan Spieth, other names that have been linked but have never gone. So I just I just think that if they're and Speed's another player that's not involved in TGL that we didn't talk about earlier. But I just think these guys, if they want to play live, they play live. They don't need to go to this promotions event. The promotion the PJ Tour players that go to the promotions event are going to be players that have either just lost their tour cards or are sort of on the periphery. Harry Higgs, Grayson Murray, guys of yeah, that stature. Exactly. Grayson Murray is a live player. <laughs> He's a live player. <laughs> he may well be soon enough. My word. Michael Block. I mean, my thoughts on what we're about to speak about quite clear. I've written extensively about it on Twitter and on our website, bunker.co.uk, already this week. But I want to touch on it because Michael Block was playing in the Worldwide Technology Championship. Really catchy name, that one. I think that's that's huge. It's like the unofficial 12th major. He was playing in that last week, finished dead last. It's the third PGA Tour event he's played in since his PGA Championship heroics. He's missed the cut in them all and he's been dead last in two out of those three. He's next going to be playing in the Australian Open at the end of the month. And yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's just say people are losing their patience with how long Michael Block's spinning out his 15 minutes of fame. And there was a lot of really sort of... We, listen, we all know what social media is but there was a lot of really nasty stuff directed at Michael Block over the course of the weekend. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm just, I'm quite uncomfortable with it for a number of reasons. One, I think it's just mean-spirited and a bit unnecessary. The guy's living his dream. He's living all our dreams, frankly. Good luck to him. And why wouldn't you make the most of every opportunity that comes your way? But for me, it feels like the real 
anger should be directed at, if you want to direct it at anyone, again, waste of time, but direct it at the sponsors for giving them invites. It's, it's not Michael Block's fault that people keep giving them invites to go and play places. Curious what you guys think, Bryce. Are people being unnecessarily unkind to Michael Block? What, what's the deal? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think people are being unnecessarily unkind because there's a few big accounts out there that are taking the opportunity to kick him all the time. And I think people follow in that. When a big account kicks him, it's easier to kick him. I don't think he necessarily deserves it, as you say. A sponsor's invite is there for a reason. The sponsor is not inviting him to try and get him to win the event. <laughs> they are actually not point. that fussed about him finishing last. They're there to get some ticket sales, get a bit more media coverage, and if if he's there, people will go and watch that guy play golf, mm -hmm. regardless of whether he's he's any good to make the cut. He's already said eloquently, I have to say, a few weeks ago that his best golf was fifteenth in that major that he played in, and that the the the, the guys he was competing against in the PG Tour were streets ahead of him. He admitted that. Admittedly, he's made a few comments after the big famous uh, weekend that he had that he probably regret, and he's probably admitted that. He got carried away, but of so did everyone did. else. Everyone else got carried away. But he was a great story. Like, you can't forget that. And people are clearly still reacting to it. He's, tournaments are not going to bring in sponsor invites if they don't get some sort of return. They know what they're getting. However, he's taken a lot more heat than someone like John Daly has. So true. John Daly so has true. taken sponsor invites and withdrew. He behaved disgracefully and has just been belligerent at certain tournaments. Mm -hmm. Michael Block's not done that. I don't think he deserves the pure hatred he's got, but he could also make life easier for himself and not do it. But he but is Would anyone up, in that position not do it? Well, that's, that's up to... That's sort of up to other people to decide. He is clearly taking that. He is getting shit for it. Mm -hmm. He has made quite a bit of money and he's still getting shit for it. So you'd think at one point he would say, you know what, I don't really need this anymore. I don't know. Clearly he's thought, I do. Quite enjoy it. Alex, I think I've seen a lot of people say that part of the, the issue for Michael Block is that he's not particularly likeable. Mm. And I kind of get where people are coming from when they say that because of some of the stuff that he said. And that all of his behaviour, I guess, is open to interpretation. There are some that, to present the other side of the argument, felt that his his behaviour at the PGA was even a bit disingenuous. But he's like, Rory, did, did that go in when he had the hole-in-one? Yeah, yeah. They thought he was playing up to the cameras a little bit. But listen, it's not exactly the first sportsman to have his likability questioned. But it's, <laughs> it's all a bit out of proportion, is it not? I don't really know how I feel about him because I watched him at that PJ Championship and I was thinking uh, you, you're coming across a bit arrogant maybe and maybe not coming across as well as he should have done. But then also, you know, you've met him, you've spoken to him and you to told me what a, a stand-up guy he was. So it's, uh, for me, unless I've met someone in person, I'm never going to make, you know, cast an opinion on someone based on how I've seen them on TV. Otherwise, I just dislike everyone, basically. <laughs> I've, the social media backlash is just indicative of the world we live in these days. Like, it's whether it's politics or whatever. Like, it, it just feels like you've got, and Bryce is talking about those big accounts there, and they need to stir up some shit. They need to talk about something. They need And, and they need to stay relevant. If anything, Michael Block should be... Uh, perhaps happy that they're talking about him, even if it is negative, because he's sort of thinking, well, okay, I'm relevant. 
almost like yeah, almost, it's almost a compliment, isn't it? Like what they're feeling the need to talk about me at this extent and this mm-hmm. level, I'm obviously doing something right. To be honest with you, you mentioned there that we would all do the same. If we were all getting sponsors' invites to these tournaments, we'd all take them. Of course we would. Mm-hmm. And I think that Blocky is kind of going, oh, I, I think I would be going, do you know what? I'm also pissing off a load of people that I would love to piss off. So this is absolutely fine with me. Yeah, milk it for as long as you can. I presume he's in the PGA Championship next year. He, he, he is, yeah. That's why there was a the big finish. song and dance about his up and down at the last last year. So yeah. he will be at so the So he's probably looking at it going, well, okay, I've got this year-long like journey between the two PGA championships, which, you know, presumably after next year's PGA championship, if he just goes there and misses the cut, then that's sort of the end yeah. of the Michael Block story. So he's just, his 15 minutes is is 12 months basically. And he's just going, I'm just going to milk it as much as Remember I can. Remember when he got in, he, he, his qualifying for that in that manner got another spot for a PGA guy. And he mentioned that, saying that my qualifying yes, has opened the door point. for yeah. another PGA exactly. guy like me. And I, mm-hmm. I thought that was the classiest thing he said. It wasn't about him. Yeah. He Very said, true. I've now opened the door for somebody else to get a spot. And I thought that was class. And whether that was rehearsed mm-hmm. or not is completely incidental. Yeah. He still had the presence of mind to see, to it. see it. Yeah, and so, it was in a yeah. pretty heated time he said yeah. it as well. So, What do you think, Bryce? Sponsors, invites? Because for me, that's the real issue. is the fact that if there is an issue, and I'm not even sure it is one, he who pays the piper calls the tune and so on. I'm basically now just reading from my column. But it's <laughs> if there is an issue, surely that's it. I mean, should... Should there be some sort of regulation around who sponsors can and can't invite? No. Sponsors can invite who they want. Unless it's Ant and Deck, you know. Well, that, that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? Because it yeah. does, unless, again, I'm wrong, there is no regulation. So if the, the chief executive of Sanderson Farms wants to let his 16-year-old nephew, who plays off to play, yeah. Yeah. he can. I mean, they're not. But I know we, I know where you're going. Like, where does it stop? But it's we've never got to that point where we've said, oh, this, this can't happen. There's 16-year-old pop stars that don't play golf getting invites and... That's never going to happen. I think a, a sponsor, if they're paying, fronting three quarters of the prize money that's up that week, if they're fronting a lot of the staff, if they're, you know, keeping that tournament alive, let them invite who they want. Mm-hmm. Like, how often do we really get disgusted by a sponsor, uh, a sponsor's invite? That's it. They happen every week. Yeah, and in Australia, you know, they've, they've with respect, they've got to sort of turn that around. Australian, th- th- those three events that they had. They were huge events 10, 15 years ago. They're mm. not what they were. They, they they need a bit of life. And if they want to do that and they want to bring in interesting characters to the tournament, let them. Absolutely right. Tiger Woods, gentlemen, just one more topic before we move on to the, the end of the show stuff. <laughs> Tiger Woods, Alex, we all got excited over the weekend when we saw footage of him, tail end of last week should be noted, at the Worldwide Technology Championship. He was walking downstairs and I think never in the history of mankind has a a man walking downstairs been scrutinised so heavily. But (laughs) he was obviously there because it was his golf course they were using. Then we saw him caddying for Charlie in an event over the weekend. Walking, it must be said, very, very well. Looked a lot healthier, a lot steadier on his feet than he has done in some time. Are we, Alex, getting close to a Tiger comeback? Well, I think we can all expect to see him at the PNC, can't we? It's really interesting, isn't it? Because those two videos that you mentioned there, yeah, he was walking very well while carrying Charlie's bag, but the video of him coming down the stairs, he looked like someone who's never walked downstairs before. <laughs> like, what? How could those two videos have been filmed within days of each other is beyond me. But, you know, I've mentioned this a thousand times. 
at the the Masters in that huge dip between in the in the first hole where you walk down the first fairway. I was watching him in April, both days, uh, Thursday and Friday, and I just looked at him thinking, "How are you even walking? Mm. Like you you can't like." I was watching him in, in the middle of that dip, thinking, "I'm not sure you're going to get up to the green, mate." Like I'm really not. However, so, do you think he plays well, up to it a wee bit? You've said this many times, Bryce. The Tiger loves the drama and loves to keep us guessing. Then maybe don't know. I mean, I, he could I'm not certainly to that theory. He could certainly install an elevator at that golf course at the weekend. It is his, but he chose to walk down the steps instead. I suppose the days of Tiger getting in a stairlift are probably some way away. But playing up to it, maybe. Who knows? His swing, I mean, the people were losing their mind at his swing a few weeks ago. They saw him in the range, hitting shots. He was at some event. I didn't think his swing looked that... I didn't think he's... I mean, he was hitting iron shots, and I didn't think he was turning through the ball particularly well. Like, not like he used to. Um, obviously, he's not going to because he is... The bionic man. Yeah, his body has been through some serious... Trauma. Yeah. So he's not going to swing it the way he was, but... And there's talk at the weekend that's now come out that he's going to be playing Champions Tour golf, and that's what he's looking at. And I don't know. He clearly is going to come back because he's talking about the future. You know, he's he's going to be playing on another tour in a couple of years. So, well, it certainly sounds like it. So we are going to see him soon. As we are just eternally obsessed about whether he's going to be any good. And I think that obviously we're going to do something in the future on this. We'll talk about it. At the moment, it's just, I just want to see him back mm-hmm. for the fact that it will be great to have Tiger Woods in a field. That's it. What he's going to do when he turns up and plays, no one has a clue. I don't even think he does. No, no, exactly. It's more hit and hope these days, I think, a little bit. But mm-hmm. no, I, I agree. I think, Alex, to your point, yes, I think we'll see him at the PNC. There is still one place left at the Hero World Challenge. To your point, Bryce. Him loving the drama. Of course he would announce 17 of the 18 names and make us all go, ooh, who's that one place for? <laughs> yeah, it's for him. But I'm I'm not not totally convinced he'll play there. I expect to see him PNC and then not again until the Masters, would be my thinking. Right then, Podder of Merit. Uh, Steve the ref is becoming a pain in my ass because he keeps pointing out the mistakes I'm making with the scoring. It's difficult now. There's three people to keep track of. It's not really that straightforward. So anyway, Steve, and Steve, don't think I didn't notice that you messaged Bryce and not me, just grassing on me. Have you recorded the pod for this week yet? Steve asked. If not, scoring is a bit of a strange one this week. So he's talking about the Qatar Masters, where Bryce, you chose Pablo Lorathabal, finished in a tie for 16th. I chose Ewan Ferguson, finished in a tie for 16th. And Alex, you chose Torbjorn Olison, who was in a tie for 9th. Two points clearly for you there. But Bryce and I had guys who are level pegging. So how do you divide the points? Steve's taken it upon himself to come up with a solution. He says, Alex scores two for Olison. Lorathabal and Ferguson finished on the same score. And because you don't do half points, that's right. It has to go on the best final round score. Your man, Bryce, shot a 70 against Ferguson's 72. So you get the point and Michael gets nothing. Just my opinion. He says, so Bryce, you're on seven points. Alex is on six. And I am on two. 
You know what? I'm not even going to argue with you, Steve. That's fine. <laughs> if that's where you want to be, that's where you want to be. If you want to go to countbacks, you can go to countbacks all day long. Thanks, Steve. What did you do last year if you finished on the in the, the player finished in the same? We certainly position? didn't do countbacks, but you know that was before Steve the ref came along I think and decided we, he was the boss. I think he just Michael just made it up as he went along. A so little bit. I think that's why Steve. <laughs> Steve's I'm fine with Steve being the boss. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that as well. Just Steve. So Bryce seven, Alex six. I'm on two points, and we move on to the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, the penultimate event of the DP World Tour season at the Gary Player Golf Course in South Africa. Remember the days when Ned Bank was the what was it they called it the richest event in was that, golf? Wasn't a million pound prize money? Or a million. You don't <laughs> even get a PGA Tour event for a million these days. <laughs> no. Anyway, it was previously known as the Million Dollar Challenge. It's now known as the Ned Bank. They call it Africa's Major. I would counter that and say surely the South African Open is Africa's major, but whatever. Alex, the honour is yours, courtesy of Mr. Olison's performance in Qatar. So who are you going for at Nedbank and why? I'm going to take last season's runner-up in this tournament, who has also won the BMW PGA and finished tied second at the Dunhill in recent weeks, Mr. Ryan Fox. Good shout. Yeah. He's pretty much guaranteed a PGA Tour card for next year, isn't he? It would take something quite spectacular to happen in order for him not to get one. I'm not even sure if it's mathematically possible for him not to finish inside the top 10 now. But yeah, he's playing lovely stuff. So good shout. Bryce, have to say, the field this week, pretty impressive. Max Homer, Justin Thomas, they're both playing. Justin Rose is there. Interestingly, Brandon Grace of Live Fame is taking mm. part. I'm going to go for a wee close season bit of joy with Tommy Fleetwood. He was, it was, it was Fox and Fleetwood. I was tossing up between. So that's a good show. So basically, one and two from last year. Yeah, I've already yeah. gone. Yep, that's fine. Listen, I need to try something a little bit out the box here. I've, I'm so far behind the night as well. So I'm going to go with a guy that I fully expect to see in the next Ryder Cup team for Europe. He's won a couple of times already in the DP World Tour. And I think he is class. He is from Sweden and his name is Vincent Norman. With okay. two R's. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's see how that goes. Bryce, you are going for... Remind me. Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood. Bryce is going here. Alex is going for Ryan Fox. Ryan Fox. And I am going for Vincent Norman. See what I mean? It's actually quite hard to keep track of three people's names. But that's why Steve's here. Thanks, Steve. Right. Honesty box to finish up. Bryce, this was you. Earlier today, you were just having a bit of a thought for a Monday morning going, oh, I wonder what. And you came up with, <laughs> if Tiger Woods, if, I don't know why you speak like a... Oh, goodness. Only Mickey words. Mouse? Yeah, a little bit. If Tiger Woods never existed, what would golf look like now? And I'm going to come straight back to you with it, Bryce, oh, because Christ you sake. must have been thinking about no, something just, to come up with this out, question. No, it just came out my mouth. Genuinely, we could probably paint, do paint an entire podcast on this. But considering he got on the cover of GQ, golfers really weren't on men's <laughs> lifestyle magazines. <laughs> no. He was interviewed by Jay Leno. He was on all sorts of TV programs. He got in fitness magazines. Yeah. I mean, you did not see golfers in fitness magazines. Let's be honest. Topless, was he not? In men's fitness back in the yeah. day? Yeah. No, I think it was men's yeah, fitness. He was topless, was topless with a beanie. Group. Yeah, yeah. There's more to that, but we'll not go there. Um, and he got players in the gym. <laughs> he got them making more money. 
you know, renegotiating sponsor deals, TV deals were bigger. It was nuts. So I just thought, what if he didn't exist? What yeah. would what was the question again? <laughs> if he didn't exist, what would golf look like? <laughs> what now? would what would golf look like? I like, mean, that genuinely, is, that is the question I'm hoping you're going. That to is like that is. I Wait, genuinely for, have no idea what golf would look like. For one thing, I've written about this before. I think that we would be calling Phil Mickelson one of the best players in the oh, history yeah. of the game, potentially the greatest. Would you I think though? He would have won more. This is the thing though. Would you? Because Phil took a long time to get going. A very long time. Won his first major at what age was he? 30, 32, 33. It was 2004 anyway. Quite late. for 13 years by the time yeah. he got the first. Yeah, so it took him a long time. But that was, they were all hunting down somebody. They were chasing mm. somebody. See, before like 1995, 96, play, there wasn't, there wasn't one player that people were hunting down. Yes, Nick Faldo was a phenomenal golfer. I'm not sure people were players were hunting. They all existed in their own little packs. So golf was completely different. So you think Tiger Tiger was good for Phil in the sense that he gave Phil a reason to play better? Yes. Try so harder. without Tiger, Phil yeah. might never have had a thing to try for. Yeah, they did. It was completely different. All, all young players today were all, obs- were all grew up in Tiger Woods. Yeah. You know, they didn't grow up on, I think English golfers are different, or British golfers. We mm. all grew up watching Nick Faldo and knew how amazing he was, and we did strive for that, and I get all that. And I remember all the press in the early 90s was about David Ledbetter and mm. Faldo this, Faldo that. I was talked about a lot. But I'm not sure people treated him this well. I know people didn't treat Faldo the way they treated Tiger, where they completely changed. The no, he didn't transcend the game. Whereas Tiger did. So I think they'd be fatter. Yes. I think that's the point we're getting at is that there'll be a would, lot of James Corden lookalike PGA Tour pros cutting about with baggy Would trousers. they be playing in $10 million events? No. Would the Ned Bank Challenge still be a million dollar event, one of the biggest <laughs> tournaments we play for? Yes. yes. <laughs> so it's a huge... It's a, it, it genuinely could do a whole podcast on it. It's mind-blowing what he did for the sport. Alex, so if he you, hadn't you, existed... You probably, you know, you spend a lot of time in the car and on the train. You probably spend more time thinking about questions like this than the rest of us. <laughs> Why are we here? What, Why does what, the sun come up? What are you seeing? Well, I've got Why my uh, I've got my quiz for the next pod- podcast. Uh, is that who the, the the runner up finishes to Tiger Woods in the majors? That would be a good one, wouldn't it? Tom Kite. Well, I think we need to we definitely need to look through that list, don't we? And, and I I know it's sort of a, you're bastardizing it somewhat, but I think that's actually quite interesting. Like, who would any of these players actually be major champions? Chris DeMarco is a really good yeah. example. I think, Finished runner up a couple of times. Would he be a major champion if Tiger Woods didn't exist? I think Ernie Els finished runner up really. to Tiger in the majors. I think six times or six tournaments. That there was a spell between a certain, I, I tweeted about it, there was a spell between a certain amount of time where he finished running up to Tiger so many times. You take a player like Ernie Els, obviously a phenomenal player, one of the best to have ever picked up a golf club, and you sort of go, I, I think he's one player who you could go, he would have won more majors if Tiger Woods didn't exist. But then I look at other players and think, well, like, like Chris DeMarco was a really good player, so it sounds... Uh, unnecessarily mean to to use him as an example, but there are players out there who perhaps wouldn't have been anywhere near as good as they were had Tiger Woods not existed. Yes, yeah, incentive exactly. is huge. Like look at VJ Singh. VJ, 
what VJ did at his peak, he did during Tiger years. Mm-hmm. You know, VJ was world number one, going toe to toe with Tiger, fighting Tiger, and then Tiger just came and, t- and took everything. I mean, literally everything from VJ. VJ and Ernie Els are the two players, not just Phil, but the two players because at their peak, they struggled against Tiger. <laughs> Whereas Phil had years to go before he got yeah. his first in, he went through Tiger's peak years and won nothing. So here's a thought. In terms of majors. Would we be talking about Phil, VJ, and Ernie as the modern big three? Most likely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thought, isn't it? Yeah. But we wouldn't be talking about them because we wouldn't be doing this, probably, if it wasn't no. for Tiger Woods. If Tiger, the question being, if Tiger had ever existed, what would golf look like now? there wouldn't be as many people interested so there probably wouldn't be a place for brands such as us to exist to do podcasts to write magazines this is the thing. i would probably be working what would you do if you weren't a golf journalist rugby you'd be at rugby world <laughs> <laughs> you would maybe <laughs> and you'd be ex- excellent at it but i do think there is a it's a very interesting is, thought like I, I, if you go back, right, go back to like 1993 and 1994 and look at stuff on YouTube, like watch golf tournaments, mm. it's shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, it, it's not that great. It's not that entertaining. It's really, really slow. They are, I keep saying this, they are dressed appallingly. <laughs> but We all were. <laughs> but, and I know I sound like, you know, some sort of like Mike Clayton and whatever, but the quality of golf back then at the top tier was outstanding. So do you think golf would be less popular but more interesting? For pure golf nerds, yeah. maybe. I do think there's a lot of guys, and you need to be careful what I say, there's a lot of guys that are on tour now that would not they would not be able to cut it in the in the in the eighties and early nineties. No chance. Too hard. Too hard. But now there is more opportunity. It's not as closed a shop, so it's harder to get in. But there's more opportunity to play mm. professional golf now than there was in the mid-90s. I will argue that until the sun does not come up. <laughs> Guess uh, another way of looking at it is where was golf going in like 94, 95? Like what trajectory was it on? Was it just moseying along quite contentedly and just... It had big stars. It had like, you know, remember it had Norman. It had, uh, Norman, Norman was a massive star. That's the thing. Like Norman was a huge star. Did he get the most out of his career? No way. No, because he not he, in terms of major wins. No, anyway. not at all. So golf was fucking hard back then. <laughs> I mean, how good was Greg Norman? He yeah. only got how many majors? Two, 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 two outrageous. Guy was world number one. He was he was making more money than any other player off the golf course. So he was a clever guy. So he had drive, clearly, but didn't get what he wanted from it. The more I think on this, I mean, I was giggling at the start, like, that's a funny question. The more I think on this, the more I'm fascinated by it. It is Like a sort of sliding doors moment of if Tiger Woods never existed, it's... Would would Rory McIlroy exist if Tiger Woods never existed? It's a very, very good question. There's a lot of players, a lot of players have come out and said, I play golf because of Tiger Woods. He is the reason I picked up a golf club. I went to the Dunhill to watch Tiger Woods. I remember my dad, I remember my dad saying... You need to watch, this is somebody else, you need to watch this boy. He's a protege of Seve and he's called Sergio Garcia and he is going to be a full-on star. 
And I remember when my dad, so I respected my dad's opinion back then. He knew about golf and it was piss all now. <laughs> it's so a back funny then. combination of sentences. I, I respected my dad's opinion back then. He knew a lot of it. It wasn't a full stop. <laughs> <laughs> but he did know about golf back then. Yeah. And he was pals with one of the greatest golf writers ever, Raymond Jacobs. Mm, and yep. he knew about golf more than anyone. And that was the talk back then that this guy, Sergio, was going to come out to rival Tiger. Now, that was right at Tiger's, before Tiger had actually done that much in the game. That's what mm. they were talking about with Sergio. But Sergio came out before, like, Tiger, yeah, one or two years after it, though, but Sergio grew up with Seve. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, I'm actually now thinking about, so imagine you're a kid in the mid-90s looking to turn pro and you're looking at your blueprint and you're in the States. Right. And in Europe, totally different. We had the stars at that time. Woozy, Seve, Faldo, to an extent, Norman. And we're going to claim him as one of our own. Sandy Lyle, Jose Maria, Bernard Langer. We we had the stars. If you're a young American growing up, and this is probably going to make Tiger's achievements even more impressive when you hear this. Imagine what happened to the young guy who was growing up dreaming about being the next Lee Jansen. <laughs> Where is he now? That's the, He's not on tour. That's what we talked about with the Ryder Cup. They don't have that. So true. They genuinely <laughs> don't have iconic names. <gasps> the one guy they do have, but he didn't have a big enough link and he died early, was Payne Stewart. Mm-hmm. They yeah. all look at Payne Stewart and they give out the Payne Stewart Award and it's huge. But he's not. He's just not linked with the Ryder Cup in the same way that Seve was. It's so true. How many kids in the mid nineties were going to school and saying they were what to grow up to be the next Davis Love or yeah, Corey, Corey Pavin? <laughs> I want to be the next Mark McCumber. <laughs> Corey <laughs> where, Pavin. Where is that kid yeah. now? I know. I know. Fascinating. Listen, we will do a whole podcast on it. We'll actually do research. We should. We should. Anyway, for now, Alex. You can actually go because and have a, a bit more of a think about this on the train because you're going to catch one to come up to Glasgow. So ponder that one, if you will. The next time we speak, we will be in the same room. That is exciting. Giddy thought. Please dress for the occasion. No, no, the listeners, the listeners don't care. <laughs> Alex, thank you for your time. Much appreciated as always, Bryce. Always fun. Thank you. Pleasure. Much appreciated. Thank you to Callaway for their continued ongoing support and to you for listening. We will be back again this time next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.